You are listening to the KCAC Beat. Now, introducing your host, Mark Hoffheinz. Welcome to another edition of the KCAC Beat. I'm Mark Hoffheinz. I'm the Assistant Commissioner for Sports Information and Communications for the conference. In this episode, we'll be taking a look at men's basketball action, uh, scores from the end of last week, and a preview of some matchups earlier this week. Before we jump into that, just kind of wanted to give you a heads up on our podcast schedule over the next couple weeks. Um, this week, we're going to be doing, instead of our normal Monday-Thursday, we're going to be doing a Monday-Wednesday release. So you'll have uh, episodes coming out today and Wednesday. Then over Christmas break, just because of uh, not a lot of competitions going on, and um, as far as basketball goes, they're kind of all over the place as far as who's scheduled games over the break and, and when they are. Um, we're only going to do one episode a week over Christmas break. They will come out on uh, Tuesday, so that'd be, what, the 20th and the 27th, I believe. And then once we get back into the new year, we will get back to our normal Monday-Thursday schedule. Um, with our last day of conference play before the new year being on Tuesday, we, we figured we kind of slow it down a bit over Christmas break just because it's all non-conference and then when we get into the new year and we have those conference games back up, we'll get back into our, our full podcast schedule. So with that, let's take a look at our scores from over the weekend. This is the KCAC scoreboard. Taking a look at scores from over the weekend, uh, we're talking about Thursday, December 8th through Sunday, December 11th. No games on Thursday, Friday, or Sunday, but on Saturday, we had a full slate of KCAC games, uh, six in total. First one we'll take a look at is number 10, Southwestern, hosting McPherson College. Mountain Builders win this one 78-51. to uh, Southwestern was up by 12 at halftime and then outscored the Bulldogs by 15 in the second half to earn the 27-point victory. Looking at some team stats on the night, Southwestern shoots 44.8% from the field compared to 28.4% for the Bulldogs. Uh, Three-point shooting, Southwestern holds the advantage there as well, 35.5% compared to 18.5% for McPherson. Southwestern wins the rebounding battle as well, 53 rebounds pulled down for Southwestern as a team compared to 36 for McPherson. Uh, McPherson did do a better job as far as turnovers go, only turning the ball over eight times compared to 12 turnovers for the Mount Builders. We'll get some key players for both teams. We'll start out with McPherson first. They had two players score in double figures, Owen Braxmeyer and Antonio Watson. Braxmeyer had 11 points in 35 minutes. He had eight rebounds as well and a steal. And then Watson had 10 points in 32 minutes. He added four rebounds, an assist, and a steal on the night. Uh, some other top scorers for McPherson. Yanil Vidal had nine points to go along with two rebounds and two assists. And then Curtis Rose had eight points off the bench. Uh, shot pretty well. Three of six from the field. Uh, one of one from three and one of two from the free throw line. Also adds in two rebounds there as well. Looking at Southwestern, they had three players scoring double figures. They were led uh, in scoring by two players, Kevin Clark and Andrew O'Brien, who both had 18 points on the night. Uh, O'Brien nearly got a double-double. He had 18 points and nine total rebounds. 
A pretty good shooting night from him. Six of 12 from the field, four of seven from three, and two of two from the free throw line. He also added in seven assists and had a block on the night, so a good, well-rounded game from him. Clark, his 18 points uh, came on another good shooting night, seven of 12 from the field, four of eight from three. He also added a rebound, two assists, and one steal on the night. Uh, Next leading scorer was Jarvis Jennings, 17 points for him on 7 of 15 shooting in 20 minutes. He was 1 of 3 from the 3-point line and 2 of 4 from the free throw line. He also added in 2 rebounds and an assist on the night. Outside of those three, the next top leading scorer was Dang Bull with 9 points. Uh, He also had 4 rebounds and an assist on the night. Next game we'll take a look at is more of a a nail-biter. Avila at Ottawa. Ottawa wins this one by 1, 81 to 70. 81 to 80, excuse me. Uh, Avila was up by three at halftime, but Ottawa comes back in the second half, outscores the Eagles by four during the one-point victory, 81 to 80. Looking at some team statistics, uh, as you would imagine, teams were relatively close in field goal shooting and three-point shooting. Avila actually had the advantage on field goal percentage, 50% from the field compared to 48.4% for Ottawa. Uh, Ottawa held a narrow advantage in three-point shooting, 44.4% compared to 42.4% for the Eagles. Uh, Avila won the rebounding battle, 39 rebounds pulled down for the Eagles compared to 29 for Ottawa. But the Braves did win the turnover battle, only turning the ball over seven times compared to 15 turnovers for the Eagles. Taking a look at some key players for both teams, we'll start out with Avila first. They were led in scoring by Jalen Dinkins off the bench. He had 31 points in 28 minutes. Good shooting night from him. 10 of 14 from the field, 9 of 13 from three, and 2 of 3 from the free throw line. Also pulled down three rebounds and had two assists on the night. Outside of him, Jonathan Crosby had 14 points on the night. Shot pretty well, 7 of 12 from the field. Uh, he also had four rebounds and an assist on the night. Then Dante Simpson was the team's final double-digit scorer, uh, getting a double-double on the night, almost a triple-double. 10 points, 11 assists, and 9 rebounds on the night to go along with 3 steals. So an impressive game there for Simpson, uh, basically on on both ends of the court there. Looking at Ottawa, they had 5 double-digit scorers on the night. They were led in scoring by Ty Bland with 18 points in 28 minutes. He was 7 of 11 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3-point range, and 2 of 4 from the free throw line. Also had 7 rebounds on the night, 3 assists, 1 steal, and 1 block. After him, Ian Moore had 13 points, uh, 2 rebounds, an assist, and a steal. Elijah Mason and Cameron Woods both had 12 points on the night. Uh, he Mason, excuse me, had... Four rebounds, an assist, and, a st- and two steals to go along with his 12 points. Cameron Woods uh, off the bench, his 12 points in 21 minutes. Came on five of nine shooting, two of four from three-point range. Also adds in six rebounds and three assists on the night. And final double-digit scorer for Braves was DeAndre Buggage. Ten points, two assists, two rebounds, and two steals on the night. Next matchup we'll take a look at is Bethany traveling up to York to take on the Panthers. 
York wins this one 74 to 65. The teams were tied at halftime 28 to 28, but the Panthers have a strong second half to earn the nine point victory. Some team statistics in this matchup. York shot better from the field, 45.6% for the Panthers compared to 38.8% for the Swedes. Uh, Bethany held the advantage of three-point shooting, though, 38.9% compared to 27.8% for York. Uh, the Panthers won the rebounding battle, 44-32. to 32. But the Swedes won the turnover battle. Uh, Bethany turned the ball over 18 times compared to 22 for York. Looking at some key players for both teams, we'll start out with Bethany first. They had four double-digit scorers on the night. Uh, led in scoring by Donovan Newton, who had 15 points off the bench in 22 minutes. Also added three rebounds, two assists, and two steals on the night. Then Solomon Clayton, 14 points in 30 minutes. He also had five rebounds, two assists, a steal, and a block. Josh Smith, another impressive performance off the bench. Uh, 13 points in 23 minutes. Good shooting night from him. 5 of 7 from the field, 3 of 3 from the three-point line. Also added in five rebounds and a block. And then the final double-digit score for Bethany was Dylan Smith, who had 11 points, three three rebounds, three assists, and six steals on the night. Looking at York, they had two double-digit scores on the night. Brett Clark led the team in scoring with 22 points in 34 minutes. Uh, he was 9 of 16 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3, and 2 of 2 from the free throw line. Also added in 8 rebounds and had 2 steals on the night. Uh, Eric Talton was the team's other double-digit score, 15 points uh, in 30 minutes. Good shooting night from him as well, 5 of 8 from the field, 1 of 2 from 3, and 4 of 5 from the free throw line. He also pulled down 5 rebounds, dished out 2 assists, and had 1 steal on the night. Uh, outside of those two, more balanced attack from the rest of the team. Mook Beal had eight points and eight rebounds to go along with two assists, two steals, and two blocks. Then you had three or four Panthers with six points, a couple with or one with five, a couple with three. So a pretty balanced effort after those two top scores. Next matchup we'll take a look at is Bethel traveling to Hillsboro to take on Tabor. Bethel wins this one 92-62. Bethel is up by 15 at halftime, then they outscore Tabor by 15 in the second half to earn the 30-point victory. Looking at some team statistics in this matchup, Bethel, good shooting night from them, uh, 50% from the field compared to 29.8% for Tabor. Uh, Tabor did hold the advantage of three-point shooting, though, 31.6% from three-point range compared to 26.9% for Bethel. Uh, Threshers held the rebounding advantage narrowly. Uh, Bethel pulling down 42 or 44 total rebounds compared to 42 for Tabor. And Threshers won the turnover battle, only turning the ball over nine times compared to 19 turnovers for the Blue Jays. Looking at some key players for both sides, we'll start out with Tabor first. They had one Double-digit score on the night. Creelan Avery had 11 points off the bench in 18 minutes. Uh, he also added two assists. Then some other top scorers, uh, Adam Nance and James Aboba, both had nine points on the night. Nance's nine points went along with a rebound, two steals, and a block. 
Uh, Boba's nine points went along with four rebounds, a steal, and a block. Then you had, let's see, two players with six points on the night, and Marvin Rufflin with five points. So after Creelan Avery, more of a balanced attack there from Tabor. For Bethel, they had four double-digit scores on the night. Lennon scoring by Bryant Maccabi, uh, 16 points for him to go along with one rebound. Then you had Harper Jonas, who had 13 points. Good shooting night from him, 6 of 9 from the field. Uh, he was 0 of 2 from 3, 1 of 3 from the free throw line. Also adds in 5 rebounds, an assist, and 3 steals. Then Carmelo Akubu uh, gets a double-double on the night, 12 points and 14 rebounds in 22 minutes. Uh, good shooting night from him, 6 of 10 from the field, 0 of 2 from 3, 0 of 1 from the free throw line. Then he added in an assist to go along with that double-double. Final double-digit scorer for Bethel was Jared Richardson. Gets 10 points in 13 minutes. Uh, took advantage of his time that he was on the court. 4 of 6 from the field. 2 of 2 from 3-point range. Also added in a rebound. 2 assists and 1 steal. Then after those double-digit scores, you had Nick Bonner with 9 points Javin Hutton with eight points and then a uh, balanced attack after that. Next matchup we'll take a look at is Kansas Wesleyan currently ranked number 18 in the NAI men's basketball coaches poll, uh, traveling to Leavenworth to take on St. Mary. Kansas Wesleyan wins this one 86 to 62. Uh, Kansas Wesleyan only up by seven at halftime, but they outscore the Spires by 17 in the second half to earn the 24-point victory. Some team stats for both sides. Kansas Wesleyan leads both teams in field goal percentage, 49.3% compared to 41.8% for the Spires. Coyotes also hold an advantage in three-point shooting, 42.9% compared to 33.3% for St. Mary. Your teams are almost identical in Total rebounds, Kansas Wesleyan 35, St. Mary 34. Kansas Wesleyan excelled in not turning the ball over. Only six turnovers for the Coyotes compared to 16 for the Spires. Looking at some important players on both sides on the night, we'll start out with St. Mary first. They had three double-digit scores uh, led by Deshaud St. Martin, who had 15 points. He almost had a double-double with nine rebounds. Then he also added in an assist, a steal, and a block. Cam Southern right behind him with 14 points. Good shooting night from him. Four of seven from the field. Two of four from three. Four of six from the free throw line. He also adds in five rebounds and an assist. Then Braylon Duncan had 11 points, two assists, one rebound, and one steal on the night to round up the double-digit scores for St. Mary. Looking at Kansas Wesleyan, they had four players in double figures led in scoring on the night by Easton Hunter. 20 points in 29 minutes. He was 7 of 12 from the field, 6 of 9 from 3. He also had two rebounds, two assists, and two steals on the night. After him, Alex Littlejohn was the team's next leading scorer, 14 points. Gets a double-double with 12 rebounds. He also added in four assists, two steals, and two blocks. Then Corey Kaplan and June Murdoch both had 11 points on the night. Kaplan's 11 points coming in 13 minutes. It's a perfect 4-4 from the field 
and one of one from the three-point line. Uh, he's two of three from the free throw line. And June Murdoch, his 11 points came in 29 minutes. Good shooting night for him as well. Five of nine from the field, one of four from three. Uh, Murdoch also added three rebounds, an assist, and two steals on the night. Final matchup we'll take a look at is Friends at Sterling. Warriors win this one narrowly, 73-69. to 69. Uh, Sterling was up by five at halftime. Friends tries to come crawling back in the second half to earn the victory. Uh, just narrowly miss out on that. Sterling gets the four-point win there at home. Some team statistics. Sterling held the advantage in field goal shooting. 44.6% for the Warriors, 39.3% for Friends. Uh, Sterling also held the advantage in three-point shooting, 38.1% compared to 29.2% for the Falcons. One area where the Falcons did hold the advantage was in total rebounds, 37 for Friends compared to 29 for Sterling. Uh, Teams were pretty close in a number of turnovers. Friends had 12 turnovers on the night. Sterling had 10. Some individual statistics on the night. We'll start out with Friends first. They had four double-digit scores. Uh, three players with 11 points each on the night. Drew Patterson, Ian Connick, and Steve Stako all had 11 points. Uh, Patterson's 11 points went along with two assists, and he was uh, got that all in 27 minutes. Ian Connick, his 11 points went along with four rebounds and a steal. Uh, Steve Stako off the bench, his 11 points were on four of five shooting, one of one from the three-point line, two of three from the free throw line. Uh, He gets a double-double in the night with 10 rebounds, also dished out three assists and had two steals and two blocks on the night. After those three, you had Al Imerhalu with a double-double, 10 points and 12 rebounds. He also had three assists and one steal on the night. Looking at Sterling, they had four double-digit scores. Team was led in scoring by Darian Reed, 19 points in 31 minutes. He was 7 of 15 from the field, 2 of 7 from 3, and 3 of 5 from the free throw line. Also had 7 rebounds on the night, 3 assists, and 1 steal. Lucas Breyer, 14 points for him to help out the Warriors. Uh, He was 6 of 12 from the field, 2 of 6 from 3. He also added in a rebound and assist. Uh, Elias Nagoga, 13 points on the night for him. A good shooting night from the field for him. 5 of 7 from the field. And then he was 3 of 9 from the free throw line. Also added in 6 rebounds, a steal, and 2 blocks. And then Cedric Rollerson was the team's final double-digit scorer. 10 points on 4 of 8 shooting from the field. 2 of 4 from the 3-point line. Uh, He also had a rebound, an assist, and 3 steals on the night. Moving on to our upcoming games, kind of just taking a look at those. Um, again, as I mentioned up at the top, we're going to have a episode on Wednesday this week, so we'll just be looking at our games coming up on Monday and Tuesday. Um, Monday, no games. Tuesday, but we have a full KCAC slate going on. It's our final uh, conference day of games before uh, Christmas and before we get back into conference play in the new year. Ottawa uh, is going to be down in Bartlesville, taking on number eight, Oklahoma Wesleyan. That game tips off at 7 p.m. Then the other five games will tip off at 8 p.m. 
Those are York at Bethel, St. Mary at Avila, Tabor at Friends, which is our part of our Road to Hartman doubleheader series, Sterling at number 18, Kansas Wesleyan, and number 10, Southwestern at Bethany. And just a reminder that all those games, since they are conference matchups, will be on the KCAC network if you like to watch the live stream. And then if you'd like to hear the Road to Hartman doubleheader broadcast, that will be on ESPN 92.3, uh, just an additional way to watch that game. That, that series is meant to highlight teams as we get towards our uh, our championships at Hartman Arena there at the end of February. So uh, we have a different doubleheader each week. This one is Tabor at Friends, and you can listen to that on ESPN 92.3's website, uh, I believe. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the KCAC Beat. Just a reminder that um, our next men's basketball podcast will be on Wednesday. Then since things slow down over Christmas break and it's all non-conference matchups and it's kind of spread all over the place as far as uh, what days we have games on, um, on those two weeks, we'll have one episode a week. Plan on doing those on Tuesday, so should be out on the 20th and the 27th. But we thank you all for listening. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already so that you don't miss an episode. And for everybody here at the conference office, we hope you have a great day and a great start to your week. You've been listening to the KCAC Beat. For more information on the KCAC, go to www.kcacsports.com.